This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. I want to take you back down to the city of Babylon, to the plains of Dura in Babylon. And I want you to look in Daniel chapter number 3, and I want you to look this evening at verse number 25. Daniel 3 and verse number 25, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. But I want to answer a question for you. What is God trying to teach you and what can you learn in this fire? You see, there is no fire that you and I go through that God just does. Our God is not a God of action. Our God is a God of purpose. There's a mighty big difference between the two. You see, there'll be times in your journey when it looks like stuff is just happening. But God is not in the happening business. God is in the purpose business. There's a big difference between when somebody is doing something and when somebody is trying to get something done. God is a God that's trying to get it done. And God has fires that he'll put his people in. And God has places that he takes his people to. And God has situations that he puts his people in. And no doubt you are there. And every time I try to go to another message, I go back to the furnace. Every time I try to leave Daniel chapter number 3, because I say, Lord, I, I'm running out of stuff to say. I, I go back and I find something else written in my Bible, or I go back and I remember something else that I've been thinking, or God puts something else. And I was walking down the way this afternoon doing my prayer walk, and I said, Lord, I'm excited that tonight is the last night that I'll be in Daniel chapter only for God to give me another thought. And man, I just got to thinking, Lord, what in the world are you trying to say? Well, I imagine... Somebody is in a fire. I imagine there are many somebodies that are here tonight and watching us online and will view this on down the road. And they're trying to make heads and tails and up and down of everything that they're going through and everything that's been going on. Can I just take a little survey right quick? How many of you over the last three months, within the last three months, you've been through it? Well, then never mind. I'll probably have eight or nine more messages coming out of this passage, <laughs> evidently. Well, I'm looking tonight and I say, God, you're a God of purpose and you're a God of, of reason and you're a God that does everything you do on purpose and, and you're a God that's trying to accomplish something. So therefore, you've put me in this fire and you've put the people of God in the place that they're in. And let me ask you a question. Has anybody else found that the fire that God puts you in, it don't last a day? I wish a fire lasted a day. I wish a fire lasted a week. I'm finding that the fires that God puts you in are what we call ongoing process. Every day I think I've, I've, come, I've come out of it only to find the gas gets turned up a little hotter. I find that the heat gets going just a little faster. So tonight I'm looking and I'm going to be really fast. I mean that because sometimes preachers can belabor points when there's really no need to belabor a point. You see, I'm not trying to fill a time slot. I'm trying to fill your heart. And so if I can give you this tonight, as quick as I think it's going to get to you, somebody will get help. 
What is God trying to teach you in this fire that you're in? There's four things you'll find in this chapter. Number one, the first thing that God is trying to teach the people of God in the fiery trial that you're in is how to stay sweet in the fire. Notice what it says in Daniel chapter number 3 and verse number 27. The Bible says in verse number 27 of this passage, And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors gathered together and saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed. Now, beloved, you've got to get all that inside of yourself. You've got to realize what was just said. These men have been in a furnace. This furnace has been lit up seven times hotter than it's ever been lit before. In fact, it was so hot that the men that threw those men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, into that fire were slain on the spot. Now, I don't think it was the flame that got them. I think it was the immense heat coming out of the tip of that furnace that burned those men and slayed them to the ground. Now, here's what I got to thinking about that, Pastor Tim as those men were in that fire. Can I ask you a question? What happens when you stay in a fire? You get what? Not burned, burnt. No. You touch a fire, you get burned. You stay in a fire, you get burnt. How many of you are carnivores and just animals and you like your steak still mooing? I have never in my life, my brother-in-law will go to a restaurant and we're over here and my Crohn's disease, I, I've got to have it well. I can't have all that blood and all that grease and all that stuff. So I've got to get like beef jerky. They bring beef jerky out on my plate. Not Hunter Pegram. Hunter Pegram says just, 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 just clean it off, run it across the grates on both sides and put it on my plate. Son, I, I look at that thing and I said, Hunter, how can you eat that? He says, that's the most tender thing. You know, he'll take that steak and that steak just flops. You know, I can pick my steak up. You know why? Because overdone meat gets tough. Something that's been exposed to the flame gets hard. Something that stays in a place of heat, long-term, the fibers on that meat lock up. And that which was tender becomes bitter and hard and tough. You know, I meet a lot of people in church. I meet a lot of people in my life. I meet a lot of people in churches, and they come up, and they've got this cantankerous feeling about them. They've got this bitterness inside of them. They come up. They don't smile anymore. There's no joy anymore. There's no happiness anymore. There, there's no peace anymore. I meet marriages, and, and, I, and I married some of these folks at the altar, and I, when I walked them down the aisle, and when they were down there, I saw them smiling at each other, and I saw them laughing at each other, and now Time has a way of taking the sweetness out. How many of you are like me and you enjoy a good cooking show? Oh, 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 oh yes, sir. We can't cook, so we just have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. How many of you have heard the method of cooking called low and slow. 
is a cooking process whereby you can get a meat any temperature and keep it tender. That process is called low and slow. You know what that is? You expose it to heat and you do one of two things. You slowly turn the fire up or you put it on something hot and take it off and put it on and take it off. You see, what God's doing to you with that overexposure of heat in your life, and it's not enough to kill you, but you know it's there. You know what God's trying to do to you? Trying to keep you tender and sweet in that fire. The first prayer you ought to pray when problems come your way and situations come your way and issues come your way, the first prayer you ought to pray every time that happens is, God, don't let me get bitter. God, let me be as sweet on the other side as I was on that side. Let me be as kind on that side as I was on that side. Honey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have come out on the other side of that fire and they could have looked Nebuchadnezzar in the eyeball and laughed him right in the eyeball. But they did not do that. They got out on the other side and they had the same smile on the other side of the fire that they had on that side of the fire. And I'm praying right now for the people of God, one of the hardest battles you'll fight in a fire is staying tender. You know why God will put you in a fire? He's trying to teach you how to stay sweet. Number two, the second thing God will teach you in every fire that He puts you in, He'll put you in it to teach you how to stay faithful. He'll teach you how to stay faithful in the fire. Now, brothers and sisters, there's an unwritten thing there in that passage of Scripture. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get in the fire, and they're in the fire because they wouldn't bow. Now, Nebuchadnezzar did everything in his power, everything in his power to get them to bow, but they wouldn't do it. And then they get in the flame, and I want you to pay attention to what the Bible says in verse number 22. Watch how this works out says in verse 22, Then because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, verse number 23 rather, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound. Now watch what it says in verse number 25. He answered and said, Lo! I see four men loose, but what are they doing? Walking. Now, brothers and sisters, I am not an intelligent man on the other side of this whole thing, but if you're walking, are you falling or are you standing? What were they doing on the outside of the fire that caused them to be thrown inside the fire? When everybody else was bowing, what were they doing? They were standing. Now in verse number 23, when Nebuchadnezzar throws them in, he throws them in locked, wrapped up in chains and in linen garments. You know what those were? Those were the Egyptian mummification clothings, what they were. He wrapped them up and he took them. And have you ever seen those mamas and daddies at the pool where one will take one by the legs and the other takes the other ones by the arm? And they say, one, two, and you heave them in? That's what they did to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know why? He said this to them. Nebuchadnezzar 
Peter said, you wouldn't bow out there, so I'm going to get you to bow inside of here. But what he did not know, he did not know that the fire could not change the resoluteness of their heart. And they said, you may put us on our back, brother, but you'll never put us on our face before you. You give us enough time and we'll wiggle and we'll jiggle. And what they did not realize is that God was in them and the position they took up outside the fire is the position they took up inside the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you this before and I tell you this again. The devil can throw pain and the devil can throw problems and the devil can throw people and the devil can throw trials and the devil can throw issues, but the devil cannot make you bend and the devil cannot make you quit. You say, how do I survive the fire? I'll tell you what you do right now. You do on the inside of the fire what you were doing on the outside of the fire. You do right here what you were doing back there. Don't worry about tomorrow. Do right now what you did right back there and stay faithful in the fire. Listen to me. Very few things impress me anymore. I was riding down the road today and you know I was thinking I, I, don't, get on, I don't get on social media a lot but Erica will show me stuff every now and again. People she'll say look who got married. And there is a competition an unwritten competition when people get married to have a Vundabar wedding, I mean, whose dress can be the fluffiest, whose cake can be the... And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. But you know, big weddings don't impress me. You know what impresses me? Big marriages. Elaborate ceremonies don't impress a man that's been around the block. 50-year homes do. I think it's wonderful to have a big wedding. I think y'all have a big wedding. I think y'all to boot, scoot, and boogie, and whatever else y'all do with them things. I don't care what actually... But don't think because you can do something for one night that you'll make it your whole life. You know why? Because it's not about what you can do in one evening that makes you what you are. It's getting up in the morning when you don't feel like getting up in the morning and going to bed at night when you don't feel like going to bed at night and being faithful today when you don't feel like being faithful today. Ladies and gentlemen, when the fire's coming against your home and the fire's coming against your life and the fire's coming against your marriage and the fire's coming against your family and the fire's coming against the church and the fire, it's anybody can tuck tail and run, but it's the people of God and say, I was resolute on the outside of the fire. I was resolute on the mountaintop and I might be in a valley low. I might be in a tough spot. But if I was faithful back there, I'll be faithful right here. And here's what God's doing. God's trying to get you to see if you'll learn how to be faithful in the fire, you won't bend or bow anywhere. Brothers and sisters, God has a way of taking and teaching us. Number three, there's a third thing that he says. The third thing God's trying to teach us in a fire is how to stay close in a fire. Verse number 25, he answered and he said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Now, that's an interesting phrase right there. Remember what I've told you in your Bible. If God put it in there, He put it in there for a reason. 
That Bible does not tell me they were walking in the fire, does it? It says they were walking in the midst. You know what the midst is? Redneck word? Smack dab middle. Now, Brother Austin, I am not a learned man in the arts of wilderness wandering like you, my friend. But I've been around a bonfire or two. And a bonfire can be as big as you want it to be. But do you know what never changes about a bonfire, no matter how big the outside is? The middle is always the same size. The middle of that fire never grows. Do you know what they're doing? They're just walking like this right here. Why, listen to me, if you just set me on fire and I find out my junk is loose, guess what I'm doing? I'm getting out. I ain't staying in the center of that bad boy. I'm getting out. Do you know why they walked in the midst of it? Because that's where they found the Lord. And you know what they said? They said on the outside of the fire, we ain't heard from him in 14 years. We have not heard from the God of heaven in 14 years. But I got in the midst of this fire. And as soon as I got in the midst of this fire, he showed up. And I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what he's doing. I want to be where he's at. If it means I'm going to be with him in the fire, then let me stay in the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what God will do. God will put you in a hard place. And God will put you in a tough place. And he'll put all these distractions around you because he's trying to show you where your focus is. Every trial I've ever been to, there's always a time where the light bulb turns on and I realize what God's doing in my mind. Now sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's, a, it's six months, but there'll always be what I call that light bulb moment. And it looks something like this, Lord... I've been so distracted with all this other stuff. Show me you. And what God will do, putting you in fire after fire after fire after fire, is He's trying to teach you, no matter what comes, how to stay close to Christ. I'll tell you a prayer you ought to pray tonight. If you're in a fire, Jesus... Show me where you are in this and let me stay there. Show me what your plan is and let me walk there. There's a fourth thing and I hope I can help somebody. Verse number 25, you know what God's trying to teach you in the fire? He's trying to teach you how to stay free in the fire. The Bible tells us in chapter number 3, And he tells us in verse number 20 down through verse number 24 that when, verse number 21, look at what it says. And these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments. You know what they were? Their hands were locked down, their feet were locked down, and their head was locked in place. They were living mummies. 
They were thrown in that fire and could not move. Now watch this. They got in that fire, Brother Tim, and the Bible says in verse number 25, Lo, I see four men, and they are loose. But notice what it says in the verse we read in chapter 3 and in verse number 27. The Bible says the princes, the governors, the captains, the kings, counselors being gathered. I'm going somewhere. Don't jump off the wagon here. They saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed. Now, wait a second. Verse number 25 tells me that they were loose. You know what that means? What the world put on them got burned off. But what God had put on them, that coat, survived the fire. Now, let me put some typology in that right there. When I got saved by the grace of God, I got given a robe of righteousness. Laid upon me was the righteousness of Jesus Christ. My old garment of sin was laid aside, and this robe of praise, this garment of righteousness, this garment of glory was put on my life. And if you've been saved by the grace of God, you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you know why we're we're clothed because we're supposed to be able to go out into this world and we're not uh, exposed in our nakedness, but we're covered in Christ. But that garment of Christ lets us be free. But do you know what happens? The world has a way of taking the freedom that we have and they lock it down with expectation. And they lock it down with mockery. And dancing feet get locked down with burdens. And legs of power get locked down with people's thoughts. And before we know it, where we used to be free to worship God, we're now bound down with what everybody thinks. Can I tell you something? Some of y'all look like living, breathing mummies most Lord's days. I know there's a garment of righteousness underneath that thing somewhere. When that choir, that piano, that organ get to moving, get to playing, it's like something on the inside. It's trying to come out, but you're locked down thinking, what will everybody think? You're locked down thinking, I'm a, I'm a businessman or I'm a successful this. What are they going to think? Well, what if, and all of a sudden what God will do, you'll start being put in fires and you'll start being put in trials and all of a sudden God will start burning off of you everything that's been put on you. And you know what you'll start saying? Wait a second. It was God that brought me out of this fire. I don't really care what people expect out of me. It was God that pulled me out of this furnace. I don't really care what anybody thinks I ought to be. I, I, was, I, was, I was free back there, but when I got around people, I got locked down and all of a sudden, son, you'll go 
through trials and burdens and situations and pains and problems and you'll get delivered and all those robes that the world put on you will be burned off and before you know it you're in the house of God free as a bird flying around excited about the things of God what the fire will do is it'll show you how to be free in Jesus name brothers and sisters listen to me what God is trying to do in trial after trial after trial in your life is he's trying to get you not to care what anybody else thinks about what Jesus is doing in your life. Can I tell you something? I have been written to, emailed, text messaged, Facebooked, tweetered, I have been Instagrammed. I have had anonymous letters. I have had anonymous phone calls. I have had letters up under my office door. I have had letters in my mailbox at my house. I have been told in no uncertain terms where I ought to go, if you know what I'm saying. I have been told how I could get there in a quick way. I have been told that I am to this. I have been told that I am to that. I have been told that I'm not doing this. And I have been told that I'm not doing that. And beloved, I'll be downright honest with you. Before you go through many fires, you'll find you spend much of your life trying to please people. I will never forget. Some of you were here. You may not remember it, but I remember it like it was yesterday. It, it was several, several years ago. We had gone on the television, so it had been about six years ago now. We had just gotten on TV. We had just gotten on Fox 8. And I mean, we, we had just gotten on there. And I mean, we had one of those Holy Ghost services. And I'm standing, I can see it right now. I'm standing up here, and I mean, son, it was a wave. I could see it, and I mean, people were getting flat slap wall-eyed. And something inside of me said, you better watch out. They see you acting like this on TV. You won't be much on TV. And I thought, you know what? We need to dial this thing back a little bit. And I stood up and I said, now, folks... Let's make sure we give God glory and let's just sit in the presence of God. I, I was trying to get it. And like a cold blanket, it was like you had unloosed a freezer. I felt a blanket hit this place. And you know what I got? I got exactly what I wanted. For the next probably three months... I'd stand up to preach, and it was as dead as a Dewalt hammer. Cold, hard, nothing happened. I got so desperate with God one day, I said, God, I'm begging you, please come back. I said, there may be a lot of people that like church like this, but I ain't one of them. And I got on my face for weeks and I said, God, please come back. We had this keyboard set up over here after the organ was gone and there was a little brown bench right here. 
And there were chairs right there, and, and Erica stood up on a Sunday morning, and she sang this song, I Have Been Blessed, what Austin just sang. And I stood up, and it was as cold as ice. And I sat over there, and I said, God, I'm begging you, come back. And the Holy Ghost said, are you sure? And I said, yes, sir. I'm sure. And I started having this conversation on the inside. And I said, what about all the people? And I said, I don't care about the people. He said, prove it. You see, I had it was, prove it. I said, I'll prove it. I'll do anything. Don't ever tell God you'll do anything. Some of y'all are in this service. She got to singing. She got on that third verse for hands that will raise and legs that will walk. And, 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 and I felt something inside me. He said, stand up on that organ bench and lift up your hands. I'd been fighting with God now for three months. I didn't care. Man, I felt the devil tell me that if you get up on that bench, these people will think you're crazy. These visitors will come and they'll think you're crazy. I said, I don't care what anybody thinks. The fire had burnt those old dead ropes off of my life. I didn't care what anybody thought about me. I stood up on that piano bench. I looked like I was calling in 747s over there, son. I mean, I was lifting my hands and before I knew it, one person got out of their seat and came down to this altar and another person person came down to this altar, they kept coming down and wave after wave after wave. Here's what I'm telling you. God will put you in those places and he'll put you in those hard times where you'll get so desperate for God and you don't care what anybody else thinks in your life. Fire has a way of taking everybody else's expectations off of your life. I thought you were going to do X. I don't care. I thought you were going to be Y. I don't care. These boys are in the midst of that fire. And they're just free. They're walking in the midst of the fire. What God's trying to teach you where you're at is how to be in it and it not overcome you and you be free. 